1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, let's get it. Two
2: hours left. Keith McPherson on the fan. It's my last show of the week. And this is the part where we take your calls, your questions, your thoughts, your topics. And we bounce around all of the sports conversations here in New York City. Happy holidays to everyone. Be safe driving out there. Uh, I don't think it's as bad as people thought. It doesn't look that bad on TV at MetLife Stadium as far as like the rain and this torrential but downpour. I don't I don't see it. Uh, it wasn't raining that hard when I came in, but here we are. Jets are down ten three. Trevor Lawrence just scored on a uh, you know diving QB sneak. Just got, got the ball into the end zone. Uh, broke the plane. Jets should have scored when uh, Quinn and Williams had the strip sack fumble recovery. Jets had the ball inside the ten. You got to be able to punch it in, man. Like. It's the NFL, and I understand it's, you know, it's Zach Wilson, but it's also on Mike LaFleur in the play calling. Draw up something. Please, anything, some type of play call, like similar to how the Lions drew up a play call to get a tight end free against you to win the game. You have to strategize. You have to catch these guys on their heels. Get creative. Take some chances. Run a play you never ran before in the red zone. Maybe it works out. You got They, they got to gamble more. But either way, uh, looking at the Jets game, but also taking your calls on the topics of the day, Carlos Rodon introduced as the New York Yankee. Yankees fans, hit me up, tell me how you feel. He's a bulldog. He was talking to Jack Curry and Bob Lorenz about his fastball slider. That's He's a fastball slider pitcher, but he's not giving up on his curveball changeup. I'm interested to see what this guy looks like with the Yanks next year. Like, I've never been a big Garrett Cole guy. I just, I don't know, it goes back to like I hated the Astros. I hated the Astros since they started. Like I was at that 2015 wild card game that the Yankees hosted and the Astros came in with Dallas Keuchel and beat Masahiro Tanaka. I was at that game and the season ended right there and I just remember being in the bleachers like cold and sad and uh, started really hating the Astros back then. Fast forward to now, you know, Cole was a Houston Astros. So when he came over, I was like, Cool, we got Garrett Cole. I didn't think the Yankees were gonna actually pay for him, but fast forward, you find out about the spider attack and everything else, and uh, he had a good October against the Guardians. You know, he had a, you know some good showings against the Guardians, but he had a rough year. I've never been a Garrett Cole guy. I think I'm gonna be a Carlos Rodon guy. I've been this offseason as soon as I heard he wanted to be a Yankee. His preferred destination was New York. I'm like, you go get that guy, a left-handed power pitcher in Yankee Stadium, a guy that's figured it out the last two years of his career, a guy that literally said today, I'm not worried about any pressure. If I get booed, I get booed. He's coming here to pitch, and he's coming here to win a World Series, and he spoke that into existence as well, or is trying to speak that into existence as well. So that's the kind of guy you want. Uh, With Jacob deGrom, I thought it was strange that people reacted how they did to what he wrote. You know, he said, I can still remember the exact moment I stood on the city field mound for the first time after getting called up in 2014. It was a moment filled with so much wonderful emotions that will always be etched in my mind. My family and I are forever grateful to the Mets for an incredible last 12 years and, most importantly, for believing in me, for giving me the opportunity to play the game I love at the highest level for all these years. There are so many people that I want to thank and recognize. And then he runs through a list. Starts with Steve Cohen, Billy Epler, the entire front office, managers, coaches, players, both past and present, bullpen catchers, trainers, clubhouse personnel, security staff, family room workers, kitchen staff, PR staff, photographers, stadium personnel, New York City police officers, TV personalities, and journalists. Each and every one of you played such a vital role in our lives in New York. Beyond a working relationship, many of you became true lifelong friends to Stacy and me. To the New York Mets fans, your passion, devotion, and unwavering support for me from the very beginning has been incredible. It is humbling and appreciated beyond words. Thank you for your dedication and for how you kindly how you kindly embrace me and my family. It has been a true honor to wear a Mets uniform all these years. The New York Mets. And the fans of the city will always hold a very special place in our hearts. Jacob DeGrom and family with a 48 down there. And you see the Seven Line Army in the background. You see Darren Meenan at the bottom. Shout out to Darren. Uh, I'm more of a bleacher creatures guy, but whatever they, you know, they got their little thing. You know, it is what it is. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The Seven Line is going to tweet at me. Seven Line's gonna get Howie Rose on me. <laughs> Mets fans, call me up. I don't like how you treated Jacob deGrom after I just read all that. This guy put out a nice uh, farewell and a nice thank you, and he didn't deserve to get uh, treated the way that he got treated on the way out. He took the money, yeah. He went to a place where he's going to lose a bunch of games, and Steve Cohen proceeded to make this team better, and I think they're going to be a contender, and I think they're closer to winning a World Series than Texas will be in the next few years, but that's an all-time great for you. That's one of the only reasons you had to go to the ballpark. That's a guy that won Cy Youngs and represented you in the All-Star game. That's a guy you treated like a god that you loved. How quickly you hate him. How quickly he's an enemy. Keith McPherson on the fan, 877-337-6666. We're talking about the Jets and uh, Zach Wilson and watching this game so far. You know, nothing has wowed me. Uh, I haven't seen anything from Zach that I don't like or that I Love, it's just he hasn't really gotten going. Uh, he's 50% passing right now. He's four for eight with 66 yards, no touchdowns. Um, the running game has got has not gotten anything, like four total yards on the ground rushing, but that's only on five carries. And uh, receiving-wise, the biggest play of the night was Tyler Conklin. He had a catch where he went up the right sideline for 27 yards. Other than that, it's been kind of quiet, and uh, the Jaguars – Right now look like the better team, but they're not that much of the better team. The the Jets have to take what they want, man. I said, like the the Giants, the Giants had their backs against the wall. They got off the mat. That's what I'm waiting to see for the Jets. You can't wait for it to come to you. You have to take it. Like Quentin Williams getting back in the game, missed last game. He made a big play, stripping the ball, and the offense wasn't able to punch it in. So they're down seven, and uh, there's like seven minutes left in the, fourth, in the second quarter. Not fourth quarter. Imagine. Seven minutes left in the second quarter. Eyes on that, and uh, let's go to the phones. I'd like to talk to you now. Let's go to Alan and Edison first up on the fan. Go for it, Alan.
3: Hey, Keith, how you doing, man? I'm
2: good. How are you?
3: I'm not bad. I, 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 I first off would like to start with saying that I, I like your, uh, uh your presentation. You, you know, you have a, a nice pace about the way you speak. Thank you. Appreciate and, it. uh, your knowledge on sports is—I uh, I, I appreciate it very much. Thanks. Depending on who you ask, I don't know anything. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know what?
2: I'm uh, joking. You can't. There's no way they're putting you on the fan if you don't know something about sports. Like everyone in this building can talk about every
3: sport all day. Yeah. Well, you know what? I got—I got a strong feeling that uh, Zach Wilson is going to lead the Jets to a victory tonight. I know that. I know the game is starting off sluggish and the weather isn't uh, what we expected it to be at this point. Uh, Who knows if it's even coming, but I feel like this kid's got something in his corner, Uh, whether it be, you know, he's from the West coast. uh, Well, not the West coast. Exactly. But
2: you know, you know,
3: he's a a religious guy. Uh, I think he's got somebody in his corner. I think he's, I think he's going to do his best to you know, make a point. One play.
2: You know, he... We just need him to make one play that's a big play that can decide the game. One throw or one <laughs> run or one first down or one completion so that everybody doesn't kill Zach Wilson and we can actually speak higher, high, highly of him or higher of him this week. Just give me one good play. Manage the game and then have one good throw or run uh, that can actually like impact the game and the decision of the game.
3: Yeah, well, you know what, Mister McPherson, I, I agree with you one hundred percent. And I just got to say this: <clears throat> excuse me, it seems like I've got a frog in my throat. You good? You
2: good? Um, Take your time.
3: What a ridiculous thing to say! Who? Where, where did where did that saying come from? I've got a frog in my throat. Uh, (laughs) Like, 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 you know, like a a frog is sitting there on a lily pad, and, and, you know, you cough and it jumps in there and and makes this. It's just ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, But anyway. Figure um, of speech. Now, I'm telling you, uh, this kid, he's got a fire underneath him because. You know, he made a mistake a couple of weeks ago in, in you know, not taking the heat for the loss. All right? and, and, you know, he turned his team against him. Now he's got something to prove. And you know what? I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to do it. Yeah. I think he's going to turn around and he's going to, you know what? If I could bet on it right now, uh, the Jets are winning tonight.
2: Awesome. Thanks for the call, Alan. Get that frog out your throat, bro. Uh, I don't know where that comes from. Is that like a, you know, it might be an old school term. I've never, I've never said I have a frog in my throat. I might say like, <clears throat> I don't know, I have a tickle in my throat. <laughs> Anywho, uh, yeah, with Zach Wilson, I mean, I, I oh, Evan Ingram. Former New York Giant, back in MetLife Stadium. Evan Ingram's been balling these last couple weeks. I actually picked him up in fantasy two weeks ago when he went off. He helped me get a win. Um, What was I going to say about Zach, though? Oh, with Zach Wilson, I don't know. I I haven't seen that he has a fire under him. But what I feel like is if you can survive what he just survived, and, you know, money helps, and I, I guess it's not that bad. It's not surviving. But this kid went from being the number two overall pick, captain, then he, you know, embarrassed himself with the way he handled the media. He was terrible in those two losses to the Patriots as a Jets arch rival. He didn't know how to handle handle that. Then he gets benched. Then he's inactive. Like, that's embarrassing. That's humiliating. And that's a, that's tough for a 23-year-old kid to handle, right? And not just quit. And obviously you can't quit. You're under contract. He's making millions. millions. But, like, you could mentally check out. You could quit. You might not physically be able to quit. You could mentally check out and, and 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 quit and not try and get better. And we've seen. He put in the work in practice, working on his fundamentals. Now this is his second game back. I'm looking for him to take a step forward. I'm looking for him to show me that, okay, now he's in this game and he got the reps last week in the loss against the Lions. You know, he's he's ready to go. But so far right now, it's the Jaguars' game. They're owning the time of possession, total yards, Pass uh rushing yards, passing yards. It's it's not even close. Right now they have 112 rushing yards. The Jets have four. What do we all say? You have to establish the run in these elements. What do we all say? They have to run the ball. It's gonna be Travis Etienne versus Bam Knight. And right now, Etienne's winning that battle. And I don't know if the Jets play calling has even uh tried to establish the run. They have five rushes. That's why they have four yards. Anywho, let's keep it rolling. Now we've got some Yankees calls. We've also got some Mets calls taking your calls on mostly Mets, Yanks, Jets, and, and Giants as well. But the Jets are on, so they're gonna be a hotter topic tonight. Dave is in the Bronx. You got it, Dave. You're on the fan.
4: Hey Keith. Thanks for having me. I love the show. And um just want to get your thoughts on Aaron Judge and kind of living up to the contract in terms of I know what you know he's getting paid for what he did last year, but nine years um seems like a long time for the guy that kind of is breaking down before our eyes uh, you know again my favorite player in the yanks and you know, i got his jersey i think you know you gotta do what you gotta do in terms of signing him but now i'm like wait we might not have this guy like your producer said if we get three good years out of him you know we might be lucky and we're gonna be stuck with a guy that's like uh with pujos so <laughs> you know I, i'm i'm concerned if we get one championship Out of nine years, I want to get your thoughts on that. Also want to get your thoughts on, you know, I love how they bring back some of the old, uh, you know, the guys on the radio. But, you know, I I appreciate your show. I think we just got to keep it moving like that. You know, I I don't know if they bring back uh, Jody Mack next, but I I just like your show. I I don't know why they keep bringing back the old guys. They get get a little confused because, um, you know, what happened last night with what he said, I don't think it's appropriate. You know, I I just want to move on to kind of, you know, and that's winning, not uh, the Kyrie stuff. I don't know. If yeah, you
2: wanna, yeah, I heard you. You know, talk and, about you know that I know about, some but, people you know, might have missed but, Steve Summers calling in two nights ago, and uh, you know that whole thing kind of went left. But I did my best to right the ship, and and we moved on. Um, thanks for the call. I answer all those questions, Dave. Uh, why do I bring back some of the old hosts? Um, I pay respect, pay homage, and um, I know there are people that like my show, like Dave just said. But there are also people that loved Steve Summers or Tony page or some of these other guys that paved the way for a young host in his second year, but freshly in his second year, I'm 13 months on the fan. Now Uh, tomorrow will literally make it 13 months. Exactly. Uh, Why do I, you know, have respect for my elders and uh, bring back the OGs? I don't know. I was just raised that way, right? Like somebody else was on this microphone before me, somebody else help this station get callers and listeners and fans before me. So uh, I just kind of have respect for the guys that that did it and uh, that did it for years. I'm one year in. These guys did it for a lot longer than me, and uh, I got to hear some of their shows in the past, and I, I've had the pleasure of connecting with them, and they've been nothing but kind and gracious to me, from Tony Page to Steve Summers, um, even, you know, like Mark Malousis, who— was here he's not an old uh, older time guy but he was here and and he moved on and moose was honestly someone i met 8 years ago in the fan cave was the actually first person i met from WFAN and uh you know WFAN was giving out keychains and that day i took a WFAN keychain and put it on my keys so that WFAN logo has literally been in my pocket for 8 years and i, feel, I don't know i feel like i manifested it you know i went to school for radio and television and you write papers on your favorite radio host and disc jockeys and stuff like that. So for me, to bring them back, it's not just for myself, it's also for the listener. There are older listeners that might not be into my style. They might not like the way that I approach the show. I, I hope that's not the case. But I know that somebody's favorite was Steve Summers. I know that somebody's favorite was Tony Page. And uh, if they can call up this week, as they did for me, as we approach the holiday, it might make somebody feel a little bit better As we go into Christmas, because uh, it was able, you know, they were able to hear their older, you know, host and uh, it made them feel some type of way. Now, with Judge, I don't feel like Judge is a big guy that's gonna break down. I feel like he takes care of his body. I feel like he showed you last year he could stay healthy. His injuries were fluke injuries. He broke his first rib up at the top, diving for a ball, playing hard. Haven't really seen him do too much, like, face first diving. He also took a hit-by-pitch, broke his wrist. Take a pitch off your wrist, it is what it is. It's a fluke injury. Can't avoid that. He's not injury-prone, in my opinion. The year he had the oblique injury, that's just from the torque and stepping into pitches and being a baseball player. He's changed his batting stance some. I don't know if he's going to have another oblique injury. I know the thought is these big guys are going to break down, these big guys, but... Nah, we're going into 2023. The sports medicine is so advanced now. They know exactly what to do with these guys' diets. They know exactly what to do with these guys' recovery. And the Yankees have been uh, very hard-pressed on their schedule as far as rest days. He's going to rest. And you know what? They're also going to have him DH, and he'll play right field. You won't see him in center field. He won't be running as much. He'll play right field, he'll DH, and he'll get days off. I'm not so worried about Judge breaking down. As far as getting the performance that we got last year, I don't expect that at all. I didn't expect it last year. I don't expect him to come close to duplicating it. If he has another 50 home run season, I'll take that. I'm talking about one in the next nine years. But this is Aaron Judge. They're not going to give him pitches to hit. They're not going to approach him the same. There's not that many pitchers with the balls to even challenge him. Like Think about how many guys just walked him or you know, wouldn't throw strikes to him. And I expect that to be the norm. I am hoping they get the automatic strike zone. I think I had a tweet where I said they need the automatic strike zone by 2027. (laughs) By 2027, uh, we're halfway through Judge's contract. Get the automated strike zone, and that's going to make Judge better. Because Judge, you watch. He gets rang up on low strike calls every week. They don't adjust their strike zone for the 6'7 guy. He's getting... Strikes called, the ball is at his ankles. So with Judge, I think that he can duplicate his approach. I think he's one of the most locked-in players I've ever seen at the at the plate. He, he doesn't waver. A lot of guys talk about his preparation and approach for the game. I don't think that's going to change. And uh, he's the captain now. He knows he has to set the example. He has to lead for everyone else. He signed a nine-year deal. Some of these guys are signing... 11, 12, 13-year deals. He's 30. Contract will be over when he's 39, 40. I'm not too worried about it. I can't be worried about nine years from now. So much is going to change by nine years from now. You would hope that the Yankees win a World Series and it doesn't take another nine years. It's already been 13. You don't want to start getting into that over-20 area. The Yankees got to win one in the next three to four years with these guys that are 30 and above, and Judge is going to lead the way. He's a ridiculous baseball player. Don't sleep on what Judge can be and what Judge can do in these next couple years because you've never seen a guy like this. Keith McPherson on the fan, 877-337-6666. Got it.
1: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
2: Take another break. It's 13-3 now at MetLife. The Jets just look, like even their fans look out of it. I know it's the first half, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. Let's take this break, and I'll be right back.
0: Your official station to talk Yankees. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today.
2: Yes, sir. Your boy KM. To 11 p.m., not a.m. Peter Schwartz coming up. After me? Yeah. I'm in here now watching this Jets game, and it's starting to turn. Now it is raining hard. Now the booze are raining down. And did he miss that? Good. Jaguars just missed a field goal attempt. The score remains 13-3. to There's about 25 seconds left until they go to half. Brian Costello, who reports for the... New York Jets for the New York Post. He just tweeted out that the Jets should go to flacco at halftime. They said he said they should go to flacco in the second half. I don't believe that. Um uh, not looking good for the Jets, but looking good for the Rangers. Rangers versus Isles is on. I got eyes on that during the break. It was 3-3. Now all of a sudden it's 5-3. Rangers power play goal and then an empty netter. Um Rangers They're looking like we thought they would look. (laughs) They're looking pretty good. And uh, there's a minute 30 left in the third period. I think the Rangers got this one. So eyes on the Jets, eyes on the Rangers and Isles. It's not looking good for the Jets. It's just like the offense can't get going. They're getting dumb. And and then the defense is getting dominated. So what do they have, right? I, I said this week. No, not enough blame goes on the Jets' defense. We're, we're acting like this Jets' defense is one of the greatest defense in NFL history. The Steel Curtain, the the 85 Bears, the 2,000 Ravens, you know what I'm saying. Like They're not. <laughs> they're not. In this first half, they've given up 250 total yards. The Jets' offense has 67 total yards. Passing yards, they're having their way. 136 passing yards, 63 passing yards for the Jets. 160, 136 passing yards, excuse me, for the Rams. Only 63 for the Jets. Zach Wilson, you know, I, I feel bad for the kid. Um, he's under pressure a little bit. He's not really getting the, you know, he's not really moving the chains. He's not really getting the offense flowing yet in this whole first half. You haven't seen it. Tick, 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 tick. They're trying to get in field goal range. They probably won't. They just use the timeout. (laughs) Smart. They know how to use their timeouts now. (laughs) But it's not going to matter. They're going to go in the half down 13-3, which isn't crazy. Could be worse. But uh, Travis Etienne is killing them. Um, If you've got him in fantasy, good for you. In this first half, the Jets have four rushing yards. In the first half, the Jaguars have 115 it's a mismatch. There's 13 first downs for the Jaguars versus three for the Jets. I don't have to go through the score. I don't have to go through the the stats. You guys feel me. Like If you want to go look at the halftime box score, go take a look. It's not great for uh, a team that everybody was talking playoffs, playoffs that I said two weeks ago, I don't think they got it, especially not without Mike White and – you know, this is just. It's, I already know it's going to happen. I think I'll be off air by the time the Jets fans are in the car and listening to the fan and calling the fan. Some of them might decide to leave it at half, get out the cold and rain. But I feel for him. I feel for him. It's coming down. Uh, these Jets fans are starting to boo Zach Wilson. You know they have no love for that kid. He's not having the best night so far. Jaguars thirteen, Jets three. Let's get back to these calls. Talking about the Jets, obviously because they're on. But we can talk Giants as well. If you listen to C-Mac and I about three hours ago, 6.30 to 7.30, we talked about the Giants. We talked about what they did on Sunday Night Football and what they have to do coming up Saturday to beat the Vikings. I don't think it's going to be easy to beat the Vikings, but I'm not going to count them out. I'm not going to say that they can't. Their coaches put them in great positions, and sometimes they rise to the occasion. But this is going to be a, a week where you got to score points. You're not going to be able to just waltz in there and hold them down. They have a good running back and honestly the best wide receiver in the NFL. So we'll see. We'll see. Harvey out in Dick's Hills. What's up, man? You're back on the fan.
5: Hi, Keith. How are you? I'm good.
2: Thanks for calling in.
5: Pretty good. You're a very, very bright man, Uh I've been on the fan for 25 years, my 25th year, and, uh, whatever profession you are in, the way you learn is study the people before you, and, and that's why Tony Page, for example, is the only, the only host on FAN that knows boxing, or new, and he's a, was a boxing writer, and I love boxing, I love a lot of sports, and, uh, Matter of fact, before I get to my giant call, uh, uh, Tony, uh, Tony was trying to help me find a boxer call, Aaron Superman Davis. I was up at Villa Roma and I actually took uh, an hour and a half, two hours of boxing lessons when he was training for the Mark Breland fight. If you know, any, do you know anything about boxing at all, uh, Keith?
2: Not too much. When I was at Rock Nation Sports, I, I covered a little bit of boxing, met some boxers. I, you know, not too much, really.
5: Yeah, I, lo- I love boxing. anyway, t- Tony Page is—I uh, love Tony Page. I went on for years about other all things. But anyway, um, you know, I'm going to—it's not just talking about the Giants because what I love about football is the strategy. I've for years I've tried to try to learn how to break football games down as you know the first question i asked you when you came in the air was do you prefer a 4-3 or a 3-4 if you remember that mm-hmm. yeah and i continue. i continue to try to increase my knowledge and uh i think if you compare the jets and the giants you you could find commonality to both of them all right the giants in my opinion, and you may have a different opinion, is a when you don't have a long passing game, you're a one-dimensional team. And that's what I think of the Giants. And it's by intent, I believe, and is, is that you, you, need, you need either the long passing game or the threat of a long passing game because it helps your short passing game and it also prevents your running game. All right, the Giants are either by choice, stable, uh, not no confidence in his receivers. But uh, these are NFL receivers. You know, I've heard they don't have any targets. Well, they do. You know, in my opinion and Hodgins and Slayton uh, are good receivers. I'm, I'm not saying they're Beckham-like, but they're good receivers. But as part of your game plan, see other teams game plan you. If they if you're not going to send your receivers out and you don't have that threat, you become a one-dimensional team, as I said. And uh, I do believe that the Giants are a one-dimensional team, and I don't know they have a few games left. And I believe that they can st- that Dable can incorporate whatever two or three receivers he likes and incre- in, and introduce that long passing game. And I think it will help Daniel Jones. And you mentioned case in point was Evan Engram. When Evan Engram was on the Giants, he couldn't catch a pass. He dropped no matter where you threw it, him, he dropped it because he was he he uh, was able to get separation. But he's so fast that he just couldn't catch the ball. And, look, you go to another team and he knows how to do it. So I think football is, needs everything, all the units. They need a long passing game. They need a short passing game. They need a running game because they complement each other. Yep. Your opinions about that?
2: Great call, Harvey. I'll take it from here. Thank you. When you're looking at a football team, and it's funny, Harvey asked me, like, you know, do you prefer a three, four, or four-three? I think my response back then was like, depends who we're facing, depends who we're game planning for. Who are my linebackers? Who are my defensive linemen? Um, do I, what do I prefer to go against? Uh, I guess as a quarterback, I'd like to go against. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, when you are looking at, let's say, the Giants. Right? They can't just magically become a down the field passing team in a week. They game plan. They have a set of plays that they run. They have a set of plays that they like. They have a set of plays that Daniel Jones likes. They have a set of plays that they don't like, that they don't uh run with Daniel Jones. They, they're not putting him in too many situations to really press the ball downfield, push the ball downfield. And a lot of that is because they might not have faith in their wide receivers being able to win against man coverage, right? So if you don't think if you don't think your Isaiah Hodgins can beat the other team's number one corner, you're not going to draw up a play where you're throwing up a 50-50 ball to him. I don't think they have anybody in that receiving core right now that is a a burner. Uh, Richie James, I guess he's fast, but he's more shifty and quick. He's not big at all. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins is like the big receiver, which is good in the red zone. Slayton is the guy that we've seen break games open. We've seen him have some long runs. But I don't think that they look at what they have at receiver and what they have at quarterback and think that that is better than what they have at running back. They have Saquon Barkley at running back. And that's why they're more of a one-dimensional one one dimensional, one dimensional run team because you have Saquon Barkley. Now, if you had an Odell Beckham Jr., then you're a two-dimensional team. And it's like pick your poison. But yes, like Harvey said, obviously in, in the NFL, you need these things to complement one another. The Vikings, who they're going to play this week, have a good running back who's a home run hitter and the best receiver in the NFL, a guy that can catch a a slant and take it to the house or go deep and catch the ball over two defenders. They complement each other because you run plays off of one another. If you establish the run, then you can go play action. If you throw deep, then that changes how the defense covers you, right? With the Giants it's like okay they can always put seven eight guys in the box to stop the run because they don't fear you one on one on the outside they don't fear your quarterback being able to drop back and throw the ball downfield it is what it is but you have to adjust week to week and the NFL is week to week matchups is the whole thing it's about do we think we can beat their corners do they think they can beat Patrick Peterson he's older but he's a veteran he's pretty solid i think he can strap up any of the Giants DB or uh, the Giants wide receivers but this whole season, the Vikings' DBs and secondary and their pass defense has been suspect, so you have to try them. And I think they will. Chris is in Santa Cruz, California, on the fan in New York. Hello, Chris.
6: Hey, Keith, how's it going?
2: Uh, I wish the Jets were playing better. This is like, it's. I hate to say it on New York City radio, it's looking like a funeral. They're dressed in all black. It's rainy. It's gloomy. Their fans are booing them. They can't get the offense going, and if they lose tonight, they're pretty much out of the playoffs for 2022.
6: Oh, yeah, not looking too good for the Jets. But uh, I was watching the, the press conference yesterday with Aaron Judge, and, boy, was it a treat to have not only Willie Randolph but Derek Jeter there. I, I was, I don't know. It just gave me the chills.
2: Yeah, you love it as a Yankees fan. You love the class of the organization, the history, the prestige. And you love how connected they are where they do call on former captains to come there and be in the presence of Aaron Judge. And Aaron Judge has a ton of respect for these guys because they've paved the way for him. They've been with the organization, and he's got to know Derek Jeter a lot more in these last couple months because Jeter's been back more now that he's not with the Miami Marlins. And Willie Randolph is always around. Willie Willie is a guy that pops up at spring training that— Shows up in the clubhouse, and, uh, you know, these guys all have respect for them. So, yes, I love that. You know, I, I can watch these Yankees uh, press conferences that they host. Uh, it doesn't matter who they're introducing, what year. They always give me, like, the same feeling.
6: Same here. So, I'm, I'm 23 years old, and, you know, this is, you know, I, I heard you talk about, like, the captains and how you just missed Don Mattingly, but you grew up and Jeter was your captain. Well, I think it, it's pretty cool for, for me because I'm 23 and this is my second Yankee captain. You know, I grew up watching Jeter, and that's what got me into baseball. And I remember watching him play with A Rod, and those those yeah. were my two favorite players. His Jeter later years
2: were like your young intro years to baseball. Yeah, yeah.
6: I I you know I was late for the you know the. 90s dynasty, early 2000s, but I still vividly remember the 2009 World Series. You know, I remember being 10 years old and wa- watching every single game of the 2009 playoffs, and man, it's starting to fade. It's starting to feel like a long time ago now.
2: It was. I was in college, <laughs> studying radio and television communication major I- at the University, throwing parties for every single game of the World Series. I was freshly 21.
6: I was in fifth grade and I was the only Yankee fan in my class. You know, everybody in my class was their diehard San Francisco Giants fans, and I was I was the outlier. I was cheering on the Yanks and Arod and Jeter, and everyone looked at me weird. And ironically, the Giants won a year later.
2: Yep, and then they went on their dynasty run, and all your friends were looking at you like you still a Yankees fan, or you want to switch and be a Giants fan?
6: <laughs> I said nope, I'll stay. I'll stay. I'll stay a Yankees fan, and I I'm a diehard Yankees fan. And honestly, Keith, uh, I listen to you all the time, and you know I love your enthusiasm and your passion about the Yankees, and it gets me pumped up. You know, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for the Yankees to bring 28 back to the Bronx. And
2: amen, brother, it's on yeah. the way. It's coming. They're working towards it. They're pushing. They're not done. They're close. There's one team we really feel like we got to beat. They're close, and
6: we got to beat the Stros. I I I feel it, Keith. I think we're gonna. I I have a feeling that we're gonna take down the Stros, and hopefully, you know, make a couple more moves, and we'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, it's got to be coming soon. Thanks for the call, Chris. Great call. Appreciate the compliments as well. Uh, You know, I love the Yanks. Part of the reason that I you know stayed in New York and didn't leave, and when I got my first couple jobs in the city, like. My whole motivation coming to the city, I grew up in Monmouth County, which is a little further, and I, I didn't grow up going to the game, and I, I didn't go to the stadium until I was older. But, like, being in New York, the, the driving factor of being in New York was being able to go to Yankee Stadium and see the Yankees live. And I've been doing that now for the last eight years or so, chasing a World Series, wanting to be there when the Yankees get back to the World Series. And I'm, I'm blessed to have this opportunity at WFAN and my gig at MLB Network And man, if the Yankees get back to the World Series in 2023, it's all the way up. I can't wait for it to happen. Keep McPherson on the fan, 877-337-6666. Let's break it down again, and I'll be back after this.
0: Be the ball. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com.
2: quickly before we get to the top of the hour the break and the update second half is beginning at MetLife Stadium it's not looking good as far as like I follow all the reporters that cover the Jets and (laughs) they're saying you know Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson are both warming up so is Streveler maybe we see a quarterback change here in the second half nope that's Zach I just, I just said to Peter Schwartz out there, Peter Schwartz is coming up next after me in, in about an hour. I'm like, I don't think they can go away from Zach yet. You have to start the second half with him. Give him an opportunity to put a drive together. Uh, it's about the clock. They're only down 10. They need a touchdown and a field goal to tie. Their defense can hold. you got to see if Zach can put it together. If he can't put it together this first series or the next series, then you move on to Flacco or a package with Streveler, but... I feel bad for the Jets fans. I know they're gonna call up. I know they're gonna have something to say. I know uh <laughs> Pete'll be ready to take those calls. He's a Jets fan, and he's also an Islanders fan, and rough ending for the Islanders. The Rangers win that game in a matter of, you know, less than like the last minute they end that game five three. Rangers fans call up if you got something to say. I'm sure Peter Schwartz would like to talk NFL, Jets football with you, and then maybe even some pucks, some Islanders, Rangers, hockey, uh, once we get into the 11 o'clock hour. Keith McPherson on the fan. This is my last hour. I think I can take one call here before we go to the break. My guy, Shukri, appreciate your support all the way from Boston. How you doing, bro? Thanks for calling up. Yo, I had to. What's
7: good, bro? Um, happy holidays to you and yours, man. I know this the last show for you before the holidays, so I had to call in and holler at you real quick.
2: Thanks, man. I appreciate your support from the beginning. You had me on your podcast when I first started at WFAN, and fast forward now 13 months of being on the radio every night. Uh, I appreciate the support from the beginning. I I feel like, uh, you know, I feel closer to people that right away recognized me and gave me a shot, and uh, you were supportive early on. So thank you for that.
7: Always. And anytime, man, for real. And I called because I wanted to talk about. Um, Steve Cohen because I've heard a lot of like people talk about how Steve Cohen has angered a lot of like baseball owners and and have exposed the fact that you can spend and you have the financial resources to spend and and, and invest into the team that you own. And I think that it's comedy to me when I hear and read how like Um, baseball owners are upset that Cohen violated some sort of
2: baseball code in terms of, like, the the excess spending. (laughs) because they're cheap. That's because they're stingy. It's because they don't want to spend. He's making them look bad at the bottom, right? Because all these Mm -hmm. things are coming out about, like, Steve Cohen has spent more in this offseason than this team's whole lineup, or Steve Cohen has spent more in this offseason than this team has spent in the last decade combined.
7: Exactly. And it's comical because I, and I, and I, and I really living here in Boston now and I see it with Red Sox fans. I hear it every day and I I cover the local um, scene here and I'm like, I understand the anger completely. Not to us calling, but John Henry is the owner of Fenway sports group. And that thing is worth at least $3.6 billion. If not a little bit more than that. And the idea that you can't spend money while you're investing into other, like, teams and so forth is, is absolutely ludicrous. And here you have Steve Cohen, like, who's really done a, a marvelous job. We got to give credit where it's due, even as a diehard Yankee fan, that the man has spent money where it needed to be spent. And this is, this is what we once had once upon a time in George Steinbrenner when he was alive. So it's very possible. It's just that the owner's, don't like the fact that they're, they're getting exposed, basically, this entire um, this entire
2: offseason thus far. Sure, sure. You know, the comparisons to George, uh, they're starting to get annoying for me, but it's obvious because we've never seen anything like this before. This is New York. There's a mm-hmm. parallel. And, yeah, I'm sure Steve Cohen was a Mets fan and watched the Yankees and George Steinbrenner go buy up players, and he probably had a little bit of a thought in his mind that, man, one day if I'm rich enough to buy the Mets, I'm going to buy everyone. And if you watch... You know, at first, it was like he dipped his toe in the water. He just wanted to get in and uh, be cool. You know, they let him in. Rich guy, deep pockets, they let him in. He didn't make too much of a, you know, stir. Last year, before the lockout, I think he caught a lot of people's attention because he was the only one really going for it. This year, everyone is on alert. Steve Cohen is not messing around. And, okay, if these owners are mad, what are you going to do about it? They're not going to do anything about it. There's already a luxury tax to try and stop him from doing this, and he's laughing at it. He's literally running it up, saying, hey, hey, there is no number we can get to where I will stop. I won't stop until we win a World Series. And you got to love that as a fan. Uh, The Mets fans love it, but I love it as a fan of sports because I think he's the greatest owner in sports right now. He's a fan with ridiculous money, that is trying to force the issue, right? Trying to force his team. The yep. make-it-happen Mets, I dubbed them. He's trying to make it happen with money. Now, the baseball gods may frown on that. The other owners may <laughs> may feel a little insecure or lesser because of that. But so what? That's that, like It is what it is. And it's not guaranteed that he's going to win a World Series this year. But, I mean, he's going to keep Absolutely. trying. As he should. And you you
7: got you to gotta think that. Uh, that you, this is what you want as a fan is is an owner that's going to invest, that's going to spend money on the right free agents, um, that's going to turn this team into uh, into a championship contender. And you, you you look across sports, and you're just like, listen, um, like what 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 do I want a championship? Okay, what are you willing to do in order to uh, to win a championship? Well, I mean, maybe maybe we're willing to spend like this, but there's no hesitancy and. I liken Steve Cohen to basically being a ruthless samurai who 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 would absolutely take off the heads of his opponents with his money with 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 no sort of recourse or remorse whatsoever. And that's and that's something that I think that's sorely missed, especially in t- in today's um, baseball scene among the owners. Whereas you're seeing owners, aka Hal Steinbrenner, unfortunately, um, showed the electricity to spend. Meanwhile, on across across the, the RFK bridge, you have a guy like Cohen that's like, okay, what's the luxury tax? I'll pay it. Fine. Well, I'm still going to go out and spend money. and that's
2: Yeah, he's that- allowed to. It's within the rules. He's not doing anything exactly. wrong. Hey, mm-hmm. thanks for the call, bro. Good luck to your yep. Bruins, but not too much. Your Bruins face my <laughs> devils tomorrow night. The devils have cooled <laughs> off. The sure. Bruins are still the Bruins. And uh, they're coming to the Rock tomorrow. I'm I'm not going to make the game, but I'll have eyes on it. I know you will, too. Absolutely. Talk to you soon, brother. Thanks for the call. Keith McPherson on the fan. i got to take another break as we go to the update. And Marco Belletti, I'll be right back.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?